thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer, and we invite you to be expecting answers for your life yes. because the Word is the answer book. Yes. Amen. And we're thrilled to get to study it with you. Over the last several weeks, we've been studying on our victory over grief and sorrow. We've been taking my book and we've been studying out of that because we want you to know that no matter what the opposition offers you, victory never fails. Amen. Victory is still yours for the taking. Amen. Amen. Um, throughout the different episodes of this broadcast, I would refer to at different times um, the season in my life when my husband went home to be with the Lord unexpectedly. Yeah. What did that look like for us? Mm -hmm. How did we approach that? How did we handle that? How did our ministry handle it? How did my family handle it? Because the word still needs to define those times for us, yes. our response in those times. And so we just want you to know that the victory that is ours is so far surpassing mm -hmm. the seasons of life, the seasons of emergencies in life. I want you to know that our victory is far greater. Our peace is far greater. Amen. And uh, we know this, that grief and sorrow can try to find entrance into our life at different times. Not just when someone goes home to be with the Lord, but maybe when a business is lost, a home is lost, a relationship goes wrong. Um, I want you to know that we're not to live under regrets because Jesus redeemed us from the grief and sorrow of regrets yes. also. So that we're not looking back and uh, if I could say this, disappointed in ourselves, which is gonna hinder our faith from moving forward. We're redeemed from it all. Amen. Why? Because Isaiah chapter 53 verse four tells us, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Listen, we weren't there to see that happen, but God was, and he recorded it for our benefit. And we believe what he saw that day. Amen. Amen. He saw that griefs and sorrows were laid upon Jesus and it took the Godhead to deal with them because no human can successfully deal with that. Amen. Well, we've been looking at several different things in the last couple of episodes, but I want to go back to a passage we've been looking at in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. Paul had listed so many tests and trials and oppositions and persecutions he had faced. And at the end of it all, he says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, yes. I love that his, uh, this, this shows us his thinking. This shows us the thoughts of the word that we don't call opposition and affliction as a deep, dark, hard thing. He called it a light affliction. Yes. And notice he went on and said, he gave it a timeline. 
only for a moment. Not for a lifetime, not for years, not for weeks of struggle, a moment that we put, we hold the timeline of the word on that opposition that you're not going to affect me longer than a moment. You might be there and I might know you're there, but you're not going to gain entrance. Why? It only takes a moment to turn from the opposition and release our faith. It only takes a moment. And so he said, this light affliction, which is but for a moment works for us, not against us, for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. When we, when we find ourselves surrounded by opposition and we turn toward the glory of God, the ability of God, the anointing of God, the grace of God that gets us through to the other side, it works for us. Amen. Um, when my husband went home to be with the Lord at that season, there was someone that we were acquainted with who was also, they were facing their own physical, there were some physical sicknesses and situations in their own body they were dealing with. And it was about three weeks after my husband went home to be with the Lord, this person also died. And uh, they had the experience though, if they came back and um, when they died, they saw themselves going toward heaven's gates. And they said when they got up to the gates, there was like a force field coming off the gates that would not let them in. And it was said to that person, it's not time for you to enter. It's not time for you to come yet. And so they did come back into their body. But I, um, and it was maybe a couple of months after that, they, that, that they died and did go on to heaven. But when they were there that first time approaching the city gates, they told me, they said, Nancy Ed was there, which is my husband, and said he was inside the gate. And he said this, tell Nancy to run her race with joy. Amen. Well, I have no doubt that's why she needed to come back yes. to tell that. Yes. Now, I want you to know, of all the things that heaven could have said at that time, what heaven wanted me to know that there's a race to run and there's a way to run it. There's a race to run and it's to be run with joy, not with grief, not with sorrow, not with regrets, not with any negative flow, but with the victory flow of joy. Amen. So of all the things that could have been said, heaven is going to spotlight what's going to help us finish our assignment on the earth. And that is keep running your race, but how you run matters. You don't run grieving. You don't run, if I could say this, um, you don't run wishing things were different. You run it with joy. Amen. No matter what has happened in your life, the plan of God didn't leave your life and there's still a race to run. That's what I get up for every day, the race to run. I don't get up because I have a spouse or because I don't have a spouse. I get up because there's a plan and I'm running that plan. Amen. Give yourself to living the life you were born for. Give yourself to living that life. The plan of God for your life is still in place no matter who enters your life or who exits your life. The plan of God is still in place and it's to be run with joy. Amen. Because we don't want to run it and run it the wrong way. Um, You know, you can have someone who is so skilled in um, 
in, as, a, as, a, as an athlete, let's say someone who's of the Olympic quality, they become an Olympian, they go to the Olympics. You don't win a medal at the Olympics because you ran. Many run. The ones who are your gold, silver, bronze medalists, it's because of how they ran it. They ran it with greater skill. They ran it with greater accuracy. They ran it with maybe a greater foundation under them of training. They ran it maybe better because of proper coaching, proper training. They were a better student possibly. Some might have had, if I could say this, a greater inborn talent, a greater inborn ability. Talent doesn't win it. Work with talent wins it. But you say, what is the talent? Every single one of us have a grace to run our race. God has graced us to run our race. So it's not just about running the race. It's how we run the race. It matters to God. And it was so interesting to me, the wording, tell Nancy to run her race with joy, meaning this, heaven was not dismissing me from my race just because my husband left. Heaven still expected me to run. Do not dismiss yourself from the race that God has you to run just because of the circumstances that may have happened around your life. Amen. 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 God still expects us to run our race. Yes. And he expects us to run it the right way. Why? Because he offers himself as the ability we're running with. He's our ability. He's our strength. The Lord is the strength of our life. Amen. And it's a great privilege and honor to run the race God authored for us. Meaning we don't have to get up the next day and find a purpose for being here. We know our purpose. God authored it already. Amen. So we run it with great joy. To run it with less than joy is to run it dishonorably. Because he's wor- his race is worthy of our joy. Yes. Amen. Amen. And he'll supply the joy. Yes. Amen. And the privilege of obeying him in the race. Amen. Amen. Remember this. Those who have gone before you and are watching you from the grandstands, they're interested in your run. They're interested that you're running it and how you're running it. Amen. Why? Because they see the better view. They see the whole view of this. We, might, we see limitedly, but they're seeing the whole view and they're interested that you run it right. Amen. No earthly event diminishes our responsibility toward our race. Nothing that happens against our life is going to diminish our responsibility or dismiss us from the responsibility of running our race. God expects us to get up and keep running. Amen. Amen. Our heavenly audience is interested in seeing it. Yes, those those loved ones who have gone on before, but the Godhead is watching too. I said the Godhead is watching too. Uh, Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, we know that we know the 11th chapter that lists all the great heroes of faith that and told how they ran their race. After they finished that list of all of those heroes, it says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, all these ones that have finished their race, said, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Notice this, let us lay aside every weight. How many of you know grief is a weight? Sorrow is a weight. Regrets a weight. Shame a weight. Condemnation a weight. Guilt a weight. All of those things, lay them aside. We're done. We're done with those. Why? The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of that. Why? So that we may run, let us run. How we run is going to be affected by what, we, what we're carrying with us or what we've chosen to lay down. Amen. God does not want you moving forward with yesterday's weight. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's good. Amen. Amen. If we're to finish our race, we have to lay aside that which would hinder us in our race. We can't move forward wishing somebody else was still here. Oh, I wish they were here. That will become, that will become a slowing mechanism in the pace of your race. Yes. Do I wish my husband was here? Yes, but I'm not going to dwell on it in such a way that it affects me and hinders my race. That's not going to, that's not going to change anything. Amen. Depression, grief, and sorrow would, would slow us in our race. And so we have to lay it aside. Anything that won't accelerate our pace has to be laid aside. Must be laid aside. God revealed to Paul that he would face great persecutions once he he came into Rome, Mm -hmm. excuse me, into Jerusalem. But I want to read to you. Uh, Although he knew difficulties were ahead for him of where God told him to be, He still continued his race and he didn't slow his pace. Uh, Go with me to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And I want you to see what it says in verse 22. Paul says, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. And you say, well, God's not told me to go to Jerusalem. What's Jerusalem? It signifies where God told you to be. Where did God tell you to go? What did God tell you to do? that where he told you to be, that's your Jerusalem. He says, now behold, I go bound in the spirit. Look at this. This word bound is not bondage. It means committed, agreeing in my spirit to where God told me to be. How did I get past my husband's home going? I stayed committed to what God told me to do. I kept agreeing with the plan of God for my life. I kept agreeing that I'm going to keep moving forward in the plan of God. That's the Jerusalem of my life. So now behold, I go bound in spirit. See, I wasn't bound, if I could say this, to a man Mm -hmm. once he wasn't here anymore. Did you get that? Many stay bound Mm -hmm. to what's not here anymore. That'll hinder you. I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, under what God told me to do, under where God told me to be. And that's one of the things, steps I made. Um, Look at this. He said, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Look at this, not knowing the things that shall befall me. There's a lot of things that we don't know, but that is not a permission not to move ahead. That's right. That's right. We're, we're safe in moving into the unknown because we're following the one who knows. Yes. The unknown is not the wrong direction for us mm-hmm. because we have the one who authored the future yes. as our guide. Yes. Amen. Amen. 
So Paul says, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city. In other words, I, there are so many unknowns that I don't know, but there is one thing that the spirit of God is witnessing to me. And he's saying this, bonds and afflictions abide you. That's the only thing you told him. When you get to Jerusalem, there's going to be opposition. Uh -huh. There's going to be persecution. Yeah. That's the only thing he told him. But look what Paul said, but none of these things move me. Yes. Why? Because I'm bound. Yes. See, there's, there's, there's the emergencies of life, the difficulties of life, the, the um, crisis of life mm -hmm. that arises for everyone. Faith doesn't dismiss you from those. Faith writes the outcome. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's good. Amen. But... Uh, Notice what Paul said, I'm bound. That's, that's why none of these things move me. My husband's home going, that wasn't going to move me mm -hmm. from finishing my course. There's still a race that I'm to run. Yes. There's still a reason and a purpose for you to go on full speed ahead. Yes. Amen. Amen. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. Notice this, he said, I'm more interested in my course being finished than in me getting my way. Amen. Yes. Listen, uh, feelings and emotions will try to get its own way. Yeah. But don't slow down and offer up the plan of God just so your feelings and your emotions or your own want to can get its own way. That's right. He said, but neither count I my life dear unto myself, look at this, so that I might finish my course with joy. Yes. That's what heaven said to me that day. Yes. That there's a race to run. Yes and I'm to keep running it with joy. Yes. No opposition that Paul faced, even in Jerusalem, kept him from finishing his course with joy. That's right. Amen. Amen. Staying in joy helped him finish. Amen. That's how, that, that's an acceleration to your finish is joy. Go with me if you would to Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, or I can read it to you. Many might not go over there to Nehemiah often find their daily reading, but Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. The second, pass, the second portion of the verse says, neither be ye sorry. The Amplified says, be not grieved and depressed for the joy of the Lord yeah. is your strength. Look at this. Neither be sorry, grieved, and depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes. So you see two flows, the flow of grief, the flow of depression, or the flow of joy. Right. Choose your lane. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Amen. And he's telling you which one not to choose. Don't go the sorry way. Right. Don't go the grieving way. Yeah. Don't go the depressed way for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes. So now you know what's the antidote mm -hmm. to grief and depression mm -hmm. and sorrow, joy. joy. Yes. You get in the joy flow and it will inoculate you yes. against the flow of grief and sorrow and depression. Easy. Those of you who say, you know, I've struggled with depression. Some people have really, I've ministered to people over the years that they say they've lived a life of depression to where that thing has troubled their entire life. Well, you can get a different flow yeah. yes. By, yes. by choosing a different flow. Yeah. Amen. You can choose to rejoice your way out of depression. Amen. And the thing is, you can choose it when you don't feel an ounce of joy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
You choose it and you just say, I rejoice. I rejoice in the Lord. I rejoice in his word. I rejoice in my victory. I rejoice. Even when you don't feel like it, you just keep doing it. And it will break and drive back that depression, that sorrow, that grief. Amen. To leave joy is to leave strength. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Meaning this, joy is a conductor of his strength. That the more you rejoice, rejoicing is an act of joy. The more you rejoice, his strength flows into you. His strength flows into your situation. Amen. Amen. Since the joy of the Lord is our strength, we can't afford to step out of joy or we step out of strength. If we lose our strength, then we we lose the strength to run the race. That's why heaven said that day, tell Nancy to run her race with joy. We could say it this way, tell tell Nancy to run her race with the strength of the Lord. Joy is the strength of the Lord. Amen. And so he says here in Nehemiah, neither be ye sorry, be not grieved and depressed. So we're warned not to get into those flows because it will, it will affect how we run our race. Amen. Joy is a fruit of the spirit that God put in you at the new birth. It's not about getting God to give you joy. It's about us turning toward the joy that's in us and picking that fruit, watering that fruit in our life so that it grows. Amen. Well, how do we, how do we partake of that fruit of joy that's on the inside of us. Well, Paul told Timothy, he said in in 2 Timothy 1, 6, he told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. How do you partake of what's inside of you? You stir it up. You stir it up. Um, If we don't stir it up, it becomes inactive. It becomes dormant in us. Our own joy can go inactive, but we can stir it up. Amen. Amen. Really, everything God puts in you has to be stirred. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Pick it and eat it. You want to know why? It'll sweeten everything. It will sweeten everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, How do you stir up the joy that's in you when you feel like weeping? How do you do that? You may be feeling grief. You may be feeling sorrow. Well, Paul was sitting in a prison when he wrote in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You rejoice not because you feel like it, but because you choose it. You choose it. Amen. We can choose something different than grief and sorrow. When it feels like grief and sorrow has taken our choice from us, it hasn't. Our choice is still there that we can choose to rejoice. Amen. How long do you need to rejoice? How long? Till the joy is overflowing. Till it spills out and starts swallowing up everything that's of the wrong flow. James chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse tests and temptations. Notice this. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse tests and temptations. The test and trial is not going to offer you the joy. That's why you bring your own. It's in you. You brought your own joy to the party. Amen. Why? So that you have something else to draw on other than what the circumstances offer you. Offer you. Why? Because circumstances don't offer you joy always. No problem. I can still rejoice. I brought my own with me. I don't wait for circumstances to be favorable before I rejoice. I rejoice because of what's in me, not because of what's coming against me. 
Amen. And we know this when he says, count it all joy when you enter into diverse tests and temptations. Why? Because every exit out of a test is paved with the road of joy. And until we get on the joy road, we don't get out of that test. You don't, you don't exit the hard time until you get on the right road. The joy road is the exit road out. Amen. Amen. I love something that Brother Copeland says. It's so, so powerful. I wish I'd heard him say it years ago. Uh, it would have helped me back then. <laughs> it helps me now, but it, it was a revelation to me. He said this, when you pray, you lay hold of things. But when you praise, you win battles. Yes. You win battles. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How do you get to the other side? You got to praise your way to the other side. Amen. Amen. How do you get past something that's battling against you? You praise your way past it. You praise your way out of it. There's nothing you can't praise your way out of. There's no sickness you can't praise your way out of. While you're praising, even if there's changes that God needs you to make on your end so that you can receive healing, it's while you're praising that you'll hear those changes. Mm-hmm. When you're praising, you're in his flow. And when you're in his flow, you can hear his instruction to you. When you're worrying, you're not in his flow. We don't hear his instruction when we're not in his flow. When we're in fear, that's not his flow. Amen. So we don't, we don't hear our instruction when we're in the wrong flow. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to pray with those of you who you say, Pastor Nancy, I've been struggling with some of the things that you've talked about today. I want you to know there's a flow of joy that belongs to you. Don't settle for anything less. And if you're in need right now and you say, I need help, I need you to pray with me for my mind, for the situations of my life. You reach your hand toward the screen right now and we'll release our faith with you. And I say, Satan, you take your hands off their life. In Jesus' name, you take your hands off their mind. You take your hands off their bodies, off their homes, off their children, off their marriage, off their finances, off their business. In Jesus' name, we speak for the the divine flow of heaven the help of heaven. And we stir up the joy that's on the inside of us and we rejoice in the Lord. He is our victory. He is our strength and we take it in Jesus' name. It is our flow. Amen. Well, we want to remind you to get hold of the book that we've been teaching out of Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. You can get hold of your copy by going to defrainministries.org and placing your order and we'll get that right out to you. And uh, the reason we're able to come to you today is for one reason, the generosity of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. The partners that give to Kenneth Copeland Ministries help fund the airtime of the Victory Channel. And uh, every programmer, we receive this time on this air, on this network as seed sown. So we ask you, if you're not already a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, pray about becoming a partner today. And uh, to sign up to be a partner, you can go to kcm.org and let us know that you'd like to become a partner and you help broadcasts like this to keep coming into your home. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, 
Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you would like to share a testimony or let us know how this ministry has blessed you, we would love to hear from you. Please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.